would you support? Patrick Siglettic. Who is your favourite Pats player? Uh, the fella in the green and white short. Love is in the air. Everywhere I look around. Love is in the air. Every sight and every sound. And I don't know if I'm being foolish. Don't know if I'm being wise. But it's something that I must believe in. And it's there when I look in your eyes. Welcome to Tales from the East End. Shamrock Rovers podcast for the fans, by the fans. Uh, this week we will discuss the Cork result. The upcoming St. Pat's game in Inchicore on Saturday evening. And we have a fan interview with Anto Matthews with stats and opinions. Um, now, I know usually on this show we're kind of lighthearted and we we aim some criticism at other teams, but I think it's it's pretty apt and that we talk about Roy McBride and the terrible tragedy that has struck Derry City Football Club and his family. It was um, so unexpected. Before he passed, I was actually talking about our game versus Derry and I was thinking about his celebration and he, like he did a big cleansman straight into the way end and I thought that that was a bit of a moment for him and Derry fans, you know, to come to Tala snatch a win like that and the hometown hero getting the winner and it's it's and it's beyond football at this stage it has to be and it's just uh it's we're speechless one one of the few times that this opinion these opinionated podcasts are genuinely speechless yeah i think like most people i still can't get my head around this it's, it's totally shaking everyone shaking the whole league and uh and of course this is yet more tragedy for Derry because it was only a little over a year ago that Mark Farron, their all-time top goal scorer, passed away, only at the age of 33. So, yeah, absolutely, really, really, really sad. And that wasn't even too far off of um, Josh Daniels. His family had a terrible tragedy. He lost five members, uh, five members of his family as well. So it's, That's right, yeah. it's not been a good couple of years for Derry, but our condolences out to the McBride family and Derry City Football Club. Was particularly upsetting as well. I thought was uh, on Soccer Republic. They did a, did an excellent job covering the McBride uh, death, and Kenny Shields was being inter- interviewed, and he was he was in tears, and that was that was really upsetting. And of course, he's dealt with tragedy before because when he was manager of Kilmarnock, uh, they won the League Cup final in twenty twelve, got a surprise victory over Celtic, but on that same day. Liam Kelly's father, Jack, uh, suffered a heart attack. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, so Shields has been through this before, and I'm sure he can take him through it again. Okay, so uh, I'm Gary Parsons, and with me is Carl, the Professor Riley. <laughs> and um, we're going to talk. You don't have a nickname, actually. No, I'm going to have to come up with one. <laughs> now we're going to talk about the Cork game. Um, it was daylight robbery, to be honest. Very hard to to come away from Tala with uh, being being happy. Or well, it was okay. We were happy enough coming away with a really good performance, but it was an absolute robbery, snatch and grab. Can't remember the last time we played so well and lost. Actually, yeah, and I mean, do you know, it was nice. Actually, somebody made a good point. I think it was on Facebook. I think it was Paul Donahue, aka Dunster. He said he was um, the first time he'd come away from Tala in a long time, absolutely good, yeah. and it made a lot of sense. Because we really should have won. We genuinely were really, really good. So I think we'll um, we'll let our our fan interview roll on next. It's uh, Anto Matthews. So we caught up with him with a chat. 
about the season so far and a few of his favourite memories following Rovers. Now I'm here with Anto Matthews, a long time Hoops fan and club member. Uh, Anto, what are your thoughts on the Cork game? Uh, very frustrating. I haven't seen a Rovers will play that well in the second half for a long, long time. Just simple mistakes. Um, the goalkeeper, obviously, for the first goal, McGuire chased something that most centre forwards probably wouldn't. And Webster would have been exposed for the second goal. Again, McGuire just uh, he, he seen a leg, an arm, whatever, collapsed. And just uh, a bit of, bit of cleverness probably cost us. Uh, would have been a fully deserved three points. Most strikers would have done that, in fairness. Um, and what, what about the season so far? Are you happy with how, how we're playing and how things are being set up? was frustrated slightly up in Dundalk. I thought that Dundalk side weren't uh, a patch. Well, not a, they're a good side, obviously still a good side, but w- what they've lost, I don't think they'll add up to the, uh, the same talent that they had last year. And it took us too long to have a goal with them. And when we were 2-1 and we were controlling possession, we, we were the only team that was going to score again. But unfortunately, yeah, we, we have to forgive Grant Walk after his performance last week, but it was a bit of a, a city sending off. And that cost us the, the, the points in that game. Against Bowles, Considering the conditions and all, that was a great victory. Go down in Galway, I thought after starting really well, we could have gone on and won easier, but we got the three points, that's the main thing. Uh, the most frustrating game was the Derry one. We seem to play Derry the same, to- same way all the time. We play in front of them, they score from a set piece, and they're clever enough to, to kill games from, from uh, 10, 15 minutes out. There was only one winner. Yeah, Kenny Shields is a he's a bit of a tactician. You'd be a fan of his, wouldn't you? Ah, yeah, look, Kenny, yeah, look, Kenny, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's yeah he, he doesn't moan about what he doesn't have, and he seems to get the best out of what he does have, and that's a sign of a good manager to me. Yeah, true. Uh, what are your predictions for 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 Saturday and Pats? We have to win. We have to win. It's I a know. great time to get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose you could you could argue the other way as well that that, that, that at some stage it must they'll have to put a performance together, but. Uh, they are there, of course, so we really should go there and make a statement and win by a couple of goals at least. Can you remember your first game? And if you can't remember your first game, uh, what's the first game you do remember? Now, I was brought as a babe in arms to Milltown with my father, who's long gone, but um, my first really, really memory that stands out, I was trying to think, there's, there's actually two. Every time we played Dundalk, the Dundalk team in the late 70s in Milltown, it was great for a youngster because if you stood at the front of the shed, they, they had a back line, two McConvilles, Dermot Keeley, and a fellow called Martin Aller, and they kicked everything. And any time one of them came to take a throw in in front of the shed, the lads would throw coins down. So it was a, as a youngster, I was trying to hit an entrepreneurial side. Uh, if, I, if, I, if I gathered enough coins, I, I made a pack of crisps and bottle at half time. So, uh, but my me, me big memory as a kid is 1978, they played Waterford in the uh, FEI Cup semi final. And they had an English lad up front, Sid Wallace. And at the time, being English and playing for the opposition, the crowd were, were so used. So he was a bit of abuse, was he? he? He was abused roundly, but he went on a score to win, which didn't help. But then uh, he ran down to the shed end, which was absolutely packed that day, as indeed was most of the terrace, and showed his arse to the Rovers crowd, which uh, resulted in a, a fair, uh, a sizable segment of them uh, Gaining access to the pitch and chasing towards the more coins, I'd say. Yeah, well, there was plenty of coins, and uh, the, actually, the march in the town that day for for the Yonfa was uh, I was incredible. Like the the amount of police and the and the agro and the you know probably things you'd frown upon now now that I'm in Yonfa, but uh, it was great fun. Yeah, uh, you spoke on Milltown. We had McDara Ferris on last week, and he spoke of the blinding nights and taking the pitch home in a crisp packet. Have you got any memorabilia from? Milltown or anything that uh, believe it or not a deflated rugby ball is in my mother somewhere um, we, we went over um, long after the final game um, 
I forget the reason. We just went out to see what it was like, and we got through an uh, an old tour. So we we didn't have the uh, the brains, or we didn't have the car to take on the tour. So as it could have featured with with the one oh, we yeah. have in Tallinn now. But uh, we found a, a a rugby ball that must have come out from the Jesuits at the back. But um, I was on the pitch today, the semi final against Sligo, when we made a protest, and I have to say, although uh, a lot of our fans seem to uh, have uh, not good things to say about Sligo. I always found our fans they were very supportive of us that day. On the and, day? They were yeah, very the day, supportive yeah. on the day as opposed to Dundalk when we played them in the cup final uh, in Daly at that uh, half time they, they were uh, they took great merriment into the Moyes and Milltown but I always, always uh, had respect Things for like Sligo. that would stick in your mind. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah they, they were supportive. Any time I go down there now, Barrett, there's always a few idiots on both sides but uh, I always found Sligo good football in itself. Mm. Uh, your favourite game of it can be recent or it can be from years ago Jeez, your best memories of your favourite game favourite games the, the, ooh, for instance uh, for, for, for what went on in them are the actual results the first it, it, one that comes to mind what do you think was most memorable but the 3-2 in Daily Mount when we were or in Milton when we were 2-1 down and we scored with two free kicks near the end that, that always sticks out on the Peter Eccles uh, when he's carted off a stretcher in Daily Mount and when he realised he got a red card he jumped off the stretcher and ran off in front of him that was entertainment but I suppose it has to be has to be Belgrade really that's just the uh, you know, to tell everyone I was there. Yeah, <laughs> or no. something, nothing else, but uh, Belgrade has to be. It's just sheer disbelief because uh, the heat that day and, and the, the partisan was, were the strong side and, and to go there and go 1 0 down and their crowd were phenomenal, like the noise they make and to come back and the win. Grubari, wasn't it? Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, grave, the, diggers. the grave diggers. Yeah, but, uh, Funnily enough, you mentioned Belgrade. It's like you were reading me notes, I was going to ask you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm <laughs> I said, uh, what did you think of when McCabe's corner was cleared? Was McCabe, wasn't it? McCabe took the corner. Uh, that I can't. I haven't. I haven't sat down. I think and, it was, but when it was clear, what were you thinking? Were you thinking is he going to oh, hit it? That, that Is Sullivan going to smash it? Is he going to? I remember more about a few seconds before he hit it because I was just saying to myself, "Damn, Woody goes up for all the corners." And I was saying if Pat Sullivan just hits this and it goes mad wide, uh, they'll restart the game and be attacking again. Dan gets back. You know, I I, I was just take a touch because I could just see the ball just you know going miles out of the bar or or being blocked down. And they'd hit us on the break and. Uh, of course, afterwards, you know, I tried to claim that I, you know, I knew he'd go volley on him, but I've never seen a goal like that in such an important occasion. He controlled it's it, stunning. and, and the, the gas thing when we said it to him afterwards, he said, I was due one. I don't know how you could ever say that you were, you, you were due, due one volley like that, but then that's past all of them. Um, so right, we'll go on for one last thing. Give us your prediction for Saturday. We'll win 3 1. We haven't kept a clean sheet all season, which is. It, True, actually, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we we could do a keeping one, but uh, I just have a feeling we we we'll go two and a look. Being Rovers, uh, we can see the sloppy goal somewhere along the line, and we'll make score. it tough for ourselves. Make it tough end. for ourselves, and then uh, Young Boyd will get his first goal this season in the eighty seventh minute, and we win three one. Now we're uh, we're back onto the court game now after Anto's interview. Um, I thought they were very poor, to be honest. I thought they had no style or plan to their play. I mean, it, it says a lot about Caulfield as a manager. You know, it was a, it was a cowardly managerial performance I thought from a bitter little man and to go out and play for a draw is something I hate I, I can't stand they seemed happy enough with the draw the way the second half was, was developing we were all over them only one team was going to win the game yeah no I agree with that and, and as well there's something that we always say well sometimes you're a bit on the fence about it is that would you take a draw I hate that question I'll never ever take a draw before a game. It's a game of football. It's ninety minutes. You never know what could happen. You know and how much I hate that question. Yeah, and uh, he set out for a draw, and it's just so negative. And you'd never have Stephen Bradley doing that. I don't. 
it's not his style and um, they're pretty much a one man team to be honest I mean you take out Maguire on their mid table we carved them open plenty of times plenty of times and once again the early goal against Cork in the last five times we've played Cork they've taken the lead in four of them the other one was nil nil but in those four they've Don't scored it's the first 20 minutes they've scored in the first minute the fourth minute the seventh minute oh, and the seventh minute it's so frustrating early goals and set pieces I absolutely despise them oh, I really do but like I said um, Cork can count themselves very lucky getting three points out of that and I mean I th- what did Caulfield say after the game he said uh, did he say a, a, a draw would have been a fair result I didn't see what he said but I he's I've no time for that guy anymore man after the comments about us at the start of the season about our youth team being abandoned and things like that no no time for that guy Robert actually addressed that in the programme in his editor notes oh yeah he clarified exactly what happened last season in terms of we had to some first team players have to, had to leave so we had to fill those gaps with youth players it was never a plan from the start that's just what happened in the latter half of last season yeah yeah but uh, in terms of the Tomer's mistake I kind of missed it at the time I assumed he would just scoop it up so I looked away and next thing Maguire had the ball and he was rolling into an empty net then I saw it on Facebook and I thought he the ball squirmed out of his hand but actually no when I saw it on Soccer Republic he didn't squirm out of his hand he just thought he had an extra half second he was trying to keep it in yeah save the corner or go yeah he thought he, he, you know he was probably going to stand up and take a touch and you know just go out and pass it out you know not even pick it up it was great poaching in fairness yeah, no, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it necessarily a howler it was, it was an error yeah I think he thought he had much more time and space yeah. and wasn't expecting Maguire at all which it certainly wasn't as bad as what I thought it was yeah at the time. yeah it, doesn't, it didn't look as bad and hopefully he learned from it anyway I mean and gets clean sheet it's forced clean sheet on Saturday what's do you know what have we any stats about clean sheets what's the longest yeah. his goalie has gone without one for Rovers in his debut season that could be something we could look into well, we still haven't got a clean sheet yet. It's the worst start since 2005 in terms of looking for our first clean sheet. Oh, yeah? 2005? Yeah. What was the what was the record there? How long did we go? I think it was 9 or 10 games. 9 or yeah. 10 games without getting a clean sheet. Now, um, move on from Tomer. Uh, still solid. I, I mean, I, I, I still rate him highly. I wouldn't I wouldn't look too much into that. He's He, he does like to punch a lot, I'd, I'd say that. Yeah. Um if it does the job it does the job you know if he wants to punch he's punching the ball away to safety so no problem with that Yeah, once once he gets connection on it Uh, we move on to Graham Bourke now I thought he looked great he fits into that role behind the striker very nicely I think it's uh, he's technically very good he likes to stay forward and it's something we've been missing the the support for the lone striker you could say that number 10 role that classic number 10 role um, it's something that we've been missing from our midfielders who don't like to stay on and support the striker like that. I think Brando kind of did it very well in maybe two seasons ago, and uh, it's it's something I want to see. He when he receives the ball, he seems to be turning towards the goal already. So that split second, he's gone, and it's 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 very very effective. Um, he's unlucky when he hit the bar as well, wasn't he? He's very unlucky. That looked like it was straight off the training ground. I think so. That it was milk. cool, wasn't it? They yeah. had a little fake conversation, didn't they, when they were beside each other? Yeah. And then he the 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 swift pass and shot. So we saw. We saw the best and the worst of Rovers from set pieces that game because yeah. that was very good. But then later in the game, we were offside from a short corner, which was ridiculous. And then that I didn't notice that. And then that led straight to their penalty. Yeah, I didn't notice that at all. Yeah. Offside from a corner. 
Sounds like something of a championship manager from years ago with the split. <laughs> one company went one way, one company went the other, didn't they? Yeah. One was terrible, offside from corners. Apparently, Pats, some coaches from Pats were at the game looking at our set pieces. Mm. That's that's our weakness, big time. That's what they're going to exploit. I mean, um, the narrow pitch, will it suit us? Will we be able to play our passing style on this narrow pitch against a poor Pats team? We'll find out. Maguire, um, the penalty... Most strikers, I think they would have got went down under that contract, under that contact. To be honest, Lanto was clearly of the opinion that it was a dive. Uh, I'd agree with him. He did. It was a dive, but he was touched. So, I mean, he shouldn't have went down. But most strikers will nowadays because that's the thing to do. That's what it's promoted. You're prom- you're told you get touched in the box, you go down in any way. If it so was touched, it was minimal. It was. It was it completely. It was. It was barely there. You he know. He saw the leg go across, and he said, "Right, I'm going down." Yeah, he be, he had Webster B for pace. He felt the slightest of touches, and he went down. Like I mean, put it this way: if it was our striker and he did it, we'd be we'd be praising him to high heavens. So, it reminds me of what Stephen Kenny said about uh, Cork being awarded so many penalties. He said, "If an empty crisp packet blew in front of the shed end, <laughs> Cork would be awarded a penalty." <laughs> I didn't know he said yeah. that. Uh, no. Some people actually were very touchy about Brazzer's interview after the game. Um, I noticed this on Twitter. What was that about? He said nothing unreasonable, in my opinion. He basically said we were all over in the second half. Yeah, we, true. We deserved to win. We uh, we hopped off them. We were really good. Some people were calling into delusional. I think it was a, a Munster Senior League team. Middle, was it Middleton? I was Middleton. Dan Murray plays Middleton. It was someone else. I was uh, Ring Martin Rangers. What was that about? They said it was a, a delusional interview. They called him delusional. It was a very bizarre response, like for a junior club to be. I don't know. I call him the Rowers manager delusional. He said nothing really out of the ordinary. That's what you expect from tip people from Cork, you know. <laughs> Typical. But uh, we'll move I on mean, now. I mean, it wasn't exactly signs of soccer, was it? <laughs> signs of soccer. Yeah, so we're going to move on to Pats this season. Um, they're very poor by all accounts. I mean, attendances on the pitch, off the pitch. It could be their year to go down. Well, their tenses are always bad, let's be honest. They couldn't even get more than 2,000 the first game after they won the league. I mean, it's just the type of club that they are, you know, they haven't got a good support. It could be their year to go down. Uh, Christy Fagan, must be sick. He stayed on. I reckon uh, I reckon he's kicking himself that he signed a new contract. I actually looked into um, have Pats ever had a worse start than this after five games. Okay. And they've never only picked up just a point after five games. It's the first time ever. First time ever. Yeah. So this is the officially their worst start in the history of their club. Yep. You hear that, Bucko? <laughs> We're coming for you. <laughs> Jeez, I didn't know that. Yeah. Worst start in the history of their club. Jeez, we could we could probably tweet that and make it go viral. Um, let the, make sure all their players on Twitter know about it. Yeah, it's not not looking so good for them off the pitch either. Garrett Kelleher. Uh, had an arrest warrant issued by a U.S. district judge over the failure to appear in court in relation to a $65 million insurance claim. So he is officially a fugitive. That's only a minor offence, but he is a fugitive. If he's, he, He'd be arrested if he steps foot in, uh, I think it's Philadelphia, I'm not too sure. But the uh, sugar daddy could be getting locked up. That could be Pat's money run dry. Yeah, this is the first time since 2010 that Pat's won't play in Europe. And last year was the first time since 2010 that they finished outside the top four. And you saw, I saw you put up on Facebook that 3-1 win yeah, that was at Richmond Park. Ball. So again, significant 2010. Oh yeah, 
yeah, that was a, that was a fantastic win. Um, and we we went six years without winning a league game there until last year. Six years without yeah. winning a league game in Inchicore. Yeah, that that three one win. Was, was that our, the was last our, win for? S- that was our last win there until last year, where we won two 0 in June. With uh, yeah, I remember that. that was a good game. Wow, six years. I didn't even know that when I posted the video. I'll be honest. It was just it's one of my favorite trips to Inchicore. Um, I remember the game being very very tight and we, we we did we played well we were on top of them Tommy Stewart got one of his infamous goals against Patsy like scoring against them and it was tight at 2-1 and I remember I'll always remember Stewie Bourne gave the ball away it was he just swiped at the ball and somebody picked it up laid it off to Billy and he slammed the home the second that goal went in I think I turned to you and I said we're going to win the league I might have been the little brother but either way whoever was there I said this is it this is our year we're going to win the league I think we've been unfortunate so far in that we've had to play best three teams in our first five games. So our position is a bit misleading at this point. We've got three defeats, but they were last year's top three. So now we're playing past to our bottom of the league. So obviously we have to be winning these games. Yeah, we knew, we do need to kick on and win here. It's um, it's a big game. Um, oh, yeah. oh yeah, the atmosphere in the shed in that 2010 game was, was fantastic that day. The shed end was absolutely rocking. Um, we returned to the stand in recent years. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think the view the view gets me. No, it's not the best view back no. there. Is, no. Great atmosphere, but the view wasn't gr- the view wasn't great unless you're right up at the barrier. We're actually entitled to postpone this game if we want because Trevor Clark and Michael Connor have been called up to the Ireland under nineteens, and if you remember, Cork did that last season. They postponed one of their games because they had two call ups. So I wonder if was that McGuire called up was it? Yeah, I think that was under 21s. So I wonder if there was any discussion at the club about postponing the game. I don't, I don't I think, think that's... Yeah, I don't think that's in us. I think Brad's... I think everyone are, wants to play the yeah, game. Yeah, Brad's is looking at this thing and they're on their knees. We we can we can get them while they're, while they're poor. And, but like I said, these are going to turn up for us. I guarantee you. They're going to yeah. pull, pull out all the stops to make sure we don't get a result. I'm probably jinxing this now, but Conan Byrne is still stuck on... 99 career league goals oh don't say that and you know how he his likes a goal is. against us he, yeah he likes scoring we also have uh, the Ireland game tomorrow pretty much the reason why we're playing on Saturday um, any thoughts on that Roy? well there was a an article by Jason Maloney in the programme where he basically said for him it's Rovers over Ireland every single time yeah I'd agree he mentioned the famous quote that went I'd rather see Rovers win a corner than Ireland win a World Cup. Yeah, no, I mean, it's extreme. <laughs> it is, it's extreme. Yeah. It's, it's, but I, no, I'd agree to it to a certain extent. I mean, we were quite loyal, Ireland fans, for years. But the, it's the lack of interest in the league took a toll on us. It's just, they, they do not care. And labelling the, the league a problem child, I mean, I'm not going to get into an FAI rant now because we'll be here for another hour. There's so much wrong with what they're doing in regards to the league. But, it it's it shouldn't spill into our interest to and and like kill our interest for Ireland, but it, it, I just I can't help but not really care anymore about Ireland games. I, I, that might sound extreme, but the FAI's treatment of the league has made me feel like that, and there's nothing I can do about it. It doesn't. I can't. I can't help it. You know what I mean? The Trapatoni years were tough for me. Yeah, I thought it was really hard to watch. But this team has grown on me now because 
there's so many ex League of Ireland players I'd agree with you on that yeah I'd actually would because it's yeah. they're actually I, I like the management team as well so we try and leave the politics out of it with the FAI and things like that but they are they, they do seem to be decent enough Um, Daryl Horg and Andy Boyle they were called up as they were the knock players but they weren't capped so still still haven't had a League of Ireland player capped since 2007 that was uh, Joe Gamble for Cork and we haven't had a League of Ireland player play a competitive game for Ireland since Pat Byrne in the mid 80s Pat Byrne Glenn Crow was a friendly was it it was nil all wasn't it yeah to the 80s yeah super Pat Bourne um, it's I think I think this is probably Horgan's best chance to get into the starting 11 because they have a massive injury list but I think McGeady might start because he seems to be the form man now I'm, I'm saying this now because it's it was, it's been obvious he's been really good and uh, I'd like to see Horgan start though I mean it'd be a good good advertising for the league mm. I don't think Boyle has a chance though let's be honest but uh, there's also the little matter of a 21s game in Tala at 1 o'clock, Tala Stadium versus Kosovo. Be interesting enough if you've got a, an hour or two to spare on a Saturday uh, Saturday morning. Well, since we're playing Kosovo, it's a shame the game wasn't played at Jackman Park, considering what Max Blanchard said about Jackman Park. Compared oh, to yeah, Kosovo. you remember that interview? That yeah. was really good, yeah. Um, now, what we had? We had Maloney's article, we talked about that. We talked a little bit about Ireland. Um, what will we move on to? I think we're moving on to starting 11s and predictions now. Is that right? Yep. Our referee is Paul McLaughlin. And starting 11s and predictions. I'm going to go with... See, when I come up with starting 11s and predictions and formations, formations can morph and they're, they can just turn into different things. I mean, I, I said I'll go with 4 4 one, one, but that can go turn into 4 3, three. So it just people might get the general gist but I'm I'm going to go for 4-4-1-1 four, four, one, one. and I'm going to go with Tomer since Trevor Clark is away on international duty I'm going to go with Heaney to take care of Conan Bourne make sure he doesn't get that 100 goal Devine and Webster in the middle Madden Roy Full I'm going to go McAllister in front of the back four I think he's doing a great a great job uh, I go well not necessarily in front of the back four midfield two of McAllister and Finn um, meaning I'm going to put Brando back in I'm going to say that the being dropped from the squad did him good and he's going to come back and have a great game. Well, he actually wasn't dropped. He, uh, apparently oh. he woke up Oh, inside info, inside info, go on. Well, no, I was interviewing Bradshaw afterwards and he told me. What happened? Wasn't feeling well? He woke up and his hip was locked. His hip was locked? Yeah. Some people in the forum suggesting that might be a sexual injury. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. I didn't know that now. Um, hopefully his hip has been unlocked. Yeah and I'm going to put him back in my first team anyway so because there's Shaw up front with Bork in behind them so 4-4-1-1 four, four, one, one, that little partnership of Shaw and Bork hopefully that'll blossom again uh, Meaning Meaning went in pretty hard on, I noticed on Soccer Republic he leaned in with the elbow he could have injured someone so he's a, he's a bit of bite about him we need to watch that as well don't be down to 10 men did you see that? no did you see him leading with the elbow? Uh, Alan Cawley made a point of it he went in quite quite hard in fairness it was a bit rough. And I'm going to go with a 2 0 win. Tomer getting his clean sheet. And Graham Bork bagging a brace. What about you? I would keep Connolly in. Because I've liked what I've seen so far. So I would. I'm not I'm not, I'm not. not saying he's been playing poorly. I just think. Uh, I think on this pitch. He's a tiny bit slow releasing the ball. So I think. Um, I, I think, think. I think that's what we need. I think Granted, Mila did score here the last time we were out here. But 
Yeah, I'd I'd keep Conley in and then maybe spring Millie from the bench if we need him. Yeah. Um and and Boyd as well. Millie and Boyd, two great subs to have, so. Yeah, Boyd Boyd's a he's a tenacious sub, so hopefully he gets off the mark. Um what's your prediction? What's the scoreline? Yeah, we have to get that clean sheet, don't we? So yeah. I'm gonna go two nil as well. So two nil win and Bucko to be in the dog queue. <laughs> Along with Bermoa. <laughs> but um a tumblebee drop. <laughs> yeah, I love I love being in the stand because you can abuse Bermo about that right in close quarters. It's great. Now, um we were just browsing on the club site there and we have to be very careful now because there it seems to be infiltrated by Japanese spam bots. The one of the first messages that comes up says um this site may have been hacked. So be careful out there so that's the end of it for today um remember you can always contact us on our facebook and our twitter east and pod and like we said before we are now royally parsons on facebook because of our battle with a corporate monster <laughs> and um tales from the east and at gmail.com if you need to contact us so uh that's it for today remember support the team abuse the opposition sing with the ultras question every decision and most importantly keep on hooping see you in your car see you as a young teen, I started with marijuana, then graduated to coke, cause I needed something stronger. Masculine dust, down as injection sensation. I love to experience a patient's medication. I'll snort the drugs off the back of my hands. All I need is a hit of it, and I'll create a new band. Protect yourself, baby, cover yourself up. My body swings all over once my seizure erupts into a frenzy. On the phone, I got 30 cents, but when we meet face to face, I got $10 less. Made up my mind, I'm quitting, I'm swearing in tears. I'm not gonna get high, I'll only drink beers. Can't sit and wait for my dealer to come provide it. Got a party to go to, and I'm the only one invited. I'll search a whole house for that damn white mouse. And when I finally find it, I'll sniff the whole ounce. I need drugs. Celtic. <laughs> <laughs>